another edition of the Jesco Bike Podcast. I'm your host, TJ Jeskowitz from Ragbri. And I'm Mark Wyatt from the Iowa Bicycle Coalition. And this is the podcast where we talk about biking just for the fun of it. So come for the bikes, stay for the fun, and leave with a smile. Okay, here we go. This is episode 36 of the Just Go Bike podcast. We've been at this thing for a little while, Mark. And, you know, each and every week brings us something different. And I'll, I'll just start out by saying it's been a, been a rough week, uh, obviously, for our nation. Um, with the tragedies that just happened in Las Vegas, we were just there a, a week ago, pretty much in that same exact building where where the tragedy struck Las Vegas. So I think it's you know something obviously on our minds, and I, I know my thoughts and prayers go out to you know all the people that were affected by um, just the senseless act mm-hmm. that happened in Las Vegas. It's it's tough. A lot of people know I work as a paramedic part time. I've done that for. 24 years and to see people that uh you know share my profession having to run into those things now and uh it's frightening and, you know it's frightening that uh, that uh, big crowd events attract you know uh, uh madmen like this and and uh, so it's it's uh, really tough to watch but you know our our thoughts and prayers to the victims and that uh to the law enforcement who are dealing with their response and, and the aftermath of their response and and uh, all the first responders there uh who did a, a miraculous job i think uh um a horrible situation but uh but some real heroes that uh, emerged in that too so um yeah yeah, um, again, uh, first responders. My brother's a, a police officer down in Fort Lauderdale area, and you know, you, they don't even think about you know something bad's happening in the world, and um, people are running one direction, and the first responders are usually running towards what they're mm-hmm. running from, mm-hmm. and you know, you, you really can't fathom what some of those folks do to to save lives, and um, you know, we're fortunate that we. Um, have some amazing people out there, some brave people that probably saved a lot of lives that day. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, just, again, thinking of those people that were affected by this great tragedy. Okay, well, let's let's talk about bikes a little bit. Did you, uh, did you ride your bike this weekend? Why, yes, I did. <clears throat> it, it's been a little gap in between my last long, serious ride, but, but I did accomplish a pretty major goal. I, uh-huh. did, I did my fifth and perhaps final Grand Gable. Okay, cool. And, and for those that don't know about the Grand Gable, the Grand Gable is obviously named after Dan Gable. And if if you are in Iowa and you don't know who Dan Gable is, you you probably need to reevaluate why you live in Iowa, because he is probably the most famous athlete to ever come out of Iowa. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm guessing. Yeah. Uh, now Kinnick might have something to say about that one of the Heisman, but yeah, I'd, I'd say Dan Gable is is in my estimation the the top athlete to ever come out of Iowa. And there's a bicycle event named after him, which basically is about a 100-mile ride in tough terrain, uh, tough conditions, and not for just the weekend where that says, I'm going to take the bike off the, <laughs> the shelf and go try this one. So uh, Gable tested, Gable tough, 108 miles this weekend into steady 17 to 20 mile an hour winds on the second half which is always fun yeah you think you get the bonus you know miles in when you only have six miles an hour at your back but then to get whammied with with 17 to 20 the last half is well 
Gable, you know, Gable, Gable had that in mind, right. saying, "Hey, let's make it tough for these people." You know, I I ran SAG this weekend because uh, I'm on the event organizing team, and and believe it or not, there was probably less than ten people that sagged. Wow! I mean, everybody was doing this ride, so it was fantastic to see that level of effort for 700 people on on a on awesome. route. Uh, not all were on the 100. We had a bunch that did a 65-mile uh, gravel loop, mm-hmm. um, and I heard some wonderful things about that. Um, I went, I was <clears throat> on the signing team also, so I had to go out and put up all the signs and all these gravel roads out in the middle of nowhere, and I swear there was one that I thought was going to be taken down, turned around, because <clears throat> there's this group of rebellious Amish kids sitting there <laughs> watching me put this up, and... You know, one was one was brushing his pony, but and I'm putting up this sign, and I'm like, those boys are going to take that sign down or turn it the other direction. <laughs> but they didn't. Everybody ended up at the finish line. So Good. yeah, we're really happy. Well, I, I just saw some, you know, witnessed some just just a lot of fun out there. I mean, you you would think that you know you're not going to get 700 people riding 100 plus miles mm-hmm. uh, this late into October, mm-hmm. mind you. Um, I think it was about 50 degrees when we took off and. You know, I'd, I'd say, what, 690 probably finished that? I mean, that's yeah. that's pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, had some great conversations along along the way. People, um, you know, ran into Wes Erickey. You know Wes, yeah, I know from, Wes. from the Gaming Association. I know Wes. Um, that joker right there has got some serious miles on his bike. Right, right. I think he said he's nearing, he's about to eclipse in the last decade. I, I could get this wrong, but... I think he said he was going to get 30,000 miles on his bike in the last 10 years. Wow. I don't think I've got that many. I know I don't have that many miles. And, and Wes is a hard-working executive guy. I mean, oh. He uh, he spends some time. Although, he will put some miles in together. I know he does it like a 200-mile ride every year. Yeah. And so he'll add some of those things up. I think he said 10 centuries this year, give or take. So, um, but, you know, he rides Ragbri every year, has a good time. You know, mm-hmm. he can ride that level or he can ride, you know, 200-mile uh, days. I mean, the, but great seeing him. I know we're going to see him in a couple of weeks over in Sioux City, which which is always fun. Mm-hmm. And um, another neat conversation I had with, with Eric from Cedar Valley. Um, he had mentioned that he rode for the first time with his wife on Ragbri. Uh-huh. And he just said, you know what, I've been riding for, you know, 15, 20 years, something uh-huh. like that. And he said, you know, my wife said, hey, I want to, I want to give it a shot this year. And, you know, for, for everyone that said, oh, you made it too easy, you made it too this, whatever. <laughs> that's the thing that we're trying yeah. to get. You know, can we get another person that's saying, hey, let's, let's do some, you know, a week of cycling together. Right. Um, I just thought that was fantastic and had a nice conversation with him and uh, just just countless others that just came up and, you know, rode with you for a couple of miles and just um, just just, you know, just just chatting. Yeah. And um, those are some of the best conversations that you can have. It's today's golf course, if you will, just, right. you know, ride 100 miles and you, you know, you tee it up with, with five or 10 different conversations. Uh-huh. So here's here's one of the precious stories that I, I caught this weekend. Um, we had a woman that flatted 1.45 miles into the route. Ooh. And, and some generous soul helped her fix it, but then figured out that she had a sidewall cut. Ooh. So if you've ever had that, that means you have a cut on the outside tire, the hard rubber casing, and the inner tube is bulging out, mm-hmm. and you're almost guaranteed to get another flat tire. <clears throat> she came back to the finish line. 
Um, we made a couple phone calls and found Jeff from Jeff Spike and Ski, who was out at the at the beginning. He was back at his shop. Oh, opened up the shop for her at seven thirty in the morning on a Sunday. Changed her tire, changed her tube, got her back on the road. Didn't charge her a dime. And uh, and then Jennifer caught her back up with her daughter uh, at the first rest stop, and so she was able to ride the the rest of the route with her daughter. That was pretty cool. The other great story that I got is it was later in the day, and I think uh, we hadn't seen you. You were still ahead of us at this point. Uh, three people from Team Lizard stopped, and uh, they were having a little roadie okay. um, over uh, over in a kind of a little parking lot area. And so I stopped and, and asked him, because I know Adrian Dickey, he's, sure. he's on uh, Team Lizard. So I asked where Adrian was, and they leaned over, looked in the car, and they and so I got TJ. They're like, is that you, TJ? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Wrong event. That that happens a lot more than more than people think, is that I get called TJ, and it's like, ah, yeah, yeah, it's me. <laughs> You've been called worse, I'm sure. <laughs> So if if you hear stories about what you might oh, have done yeah. in the su- support vehicle, Good. then I'll, I'll awesome. claim that. Well, another neat thing um, happened to get into town early. I had to go by and get a few supplies, and mm-hmm. I was looking for some CO2 cartridges. Popped over to Shields over there, one of our, our big rag rice sponsors, and um, just just looking for some, some CO2 cartridges. Ran into a former Dream Team member of ours, oh, cool. uh, Teddy, who happened to be working at Shields, which, um, you know, he rode, I think, you know, three or four years with the Dream Team when nice. he was a young teen. Now going to school at the University of Iowa. So nice. it was just great. And he just, you know, popped up and like, hey, how's it going, TJ? And I was like, boy, Teddy, I haven't seen you in years. And, you know, got to catch up. And then he was working at one of the rest stops as well. And I saw him at the, the post party over at Big Grove. What a wonderful place that is. Uh-huh. Um, but, you know, it's just kind of neat to see one of the kids that um, everyone has helped along the way to try to get the dream team, you know, down the road a little bit in life. And to see this this young man having some success in his life is is just a wonderful thing to see. Yeah, and, that's uh, cool. I wish him all the best. Um, he's still riding, which is good, working, you know, going to school. So good good for him. Yeah, I'm sure, you, I'm sure there's like hundreds of those dream team stories over the past, I don't know how many years that you guys have been doing that. But, uh, I mean, it's wonderful. And, and it just goes to show you, people need a hand. And yeah. if you give them a hand, they'll respond appropriately. Yeah. So that's that's pretty cool. Yeah, just maybe just a little push is all they yeah. needed. And um, so good, good stuff. So the, I think the whole weekend, um, who knows, um, I had... Uh, Coach Gable, you know, puts the, the the medal around your neck at the end. He'll sign it for you if you yeah. want. And uh, you know, Coach Gable kind of whispered, "Hey, we're not done yet with this." And, uh, <laughs> and uh, I know Josh Schomburger, who puts on on the event with his his group out of uh, Coralville, Iowa City. Which is also a sponsor of this podcast is um, was saying originally that this is the last one, so uh, I guess it's uh, to be continued or well, could be the final chapter. I guess we'll wait and see. You know, I wouldn't I wouldn't anticipate that uh, it'll be a grand fondo, but I'll bet you we can pull it off the shelf and turn it into something new, something bigger. And uh, I don't doubt, you know, whatever whatever think Iowa City's involved in, it's going to be an awesome success. So yeah. it's just a little bit of time, and, and uh, sometimes you just got to retool and rebrand some things, and that's okay. Yeah. That's okay. You know what was impressive? I bet Coach Gable spent 12, 13, 14 hours with, with this ride. Mm-hmm. No, him spending 12, 13, 14 hours on a wrestling mat, understood. <laughs> okay. Right. Um, 
but here here is a, a bunch of folks from you know pretty much all over the Midwest that came in to do his ride. Right. And he's there as as we're taking off in the morning, a hundred miles later, mm-hmm. he's still there, mm-hmm. and he's at every rest stop encouraging people. Um, that guy, I, I can't say enough good things about Coach Gable and what he's meant for really the state of Iowa to get people moving and just, you know, he's always pushing something, some kind of activity. If it's wrestling, right. which is, you know, obviously very important in his life, but I think anything to just get people moving is really important to Coach as well. Yeah, I, I've I've known him for a little while. Um, of course, I grew up wrestling in Iowa, so I've known of him for a while and seen him at meets and things. But uh, one of his daughters, Molly, worked for sure. us and ran our Safe Routes to School program for two years. So I got to know Molly really well. And, you know, she's busy. And she's got three kids now, and, and they're all in wrestling singlets at the side of the meets and, and having a blast out there. But uh, I, I've known Dan and Kathy not well, but I know, I've know i uh, known them a couple of years and, and uh, fantastic people. And they're really are, are in it for their community and in it for in it for wrestling, but in it for everything that, that keeps people active and keeps people uh, getting out there and, and uh, having a good time. So uh, hats off to them for their support on this event because uh, it really wouldn't have been the same without that experience of having Dan Gable there. Yeah. Didn't you once joke that must have been the, the bravest guy alive to ever say, hey, hey, coach, do you mind if I take your daughter out for a date? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. Uh, yeah. No, good. Uh, yeah, again, coach, coach, thank you for, you know, hey, if we only got five out of you, five Grand Gables, they were all five great ones. Yeah. Uh, if we get some more, hey, looking forward to them. Yeah. Yeah, so, no, great event, and, and it was 9 p.m. on Sunday that I was finally unloading the van uh, because our uh, Safe Routes to School person had to leave at 4 in the morning to go out to Carroll and do a Safe Routes to School program. So there's really no rest in our world, and and, uh, and that happens that way. So Good. So what else should we talk about today? Well, you got to be close. I mean, we're going to announce this Ragbri route in January, right? January 27th, January I believe. January 27th. And so at some point, you got a map out, don't you? We are just starting to <laughs> sort through them. Okay. And people, people actually think that we've got this whole grand scheme planned out. Oh, well, you were north last year. Then we're going to be central. Then we're going to be south. Then we're going to be north. I mean, just throw all that out the window. Right. Um, I, I had a teacher this weekend send me uh, students perceived routes so you you know okay. michael i believe he um one of your teammates wasn't he could have been yeah, yeah. and yeah. sent sent over a little you know here's here's what my fourth graders or fifth graders little, put together as their perceived routes little geography and, lesson and i was like hmm, those those could work actually okay you know so had had some good good little details there um the weirdest thing i mean if, if i had a nickel for every time someone's asked me the route um literally at a funeral the other week someone asked me the route at a funeral so i'm like okay <laughs> there's there's nothing off limits you know i mean if you can get asked at a funeral what the route is twice right. all right um and so i i think it's pretty important for the people of iowa and the people throughout the world that come on ragbri that that we got to get this thing right and if they're asking you at a funeral or if they're asking you on a on a hundred mile bike ride at several times hey where's the route going next year I, we're going to take our time to make sure we get a good good route now you don't go where you're not wanted so you actually ask the towns in advance to say would you like to host us this year right it's a simple question we just ask them yes or no would mm-hmm. you like to host 
in 2018 mm-hmm. or a future. Okay. And the the only ones that really come back as a negative are ones that say, you know what, we're redoing our entire downtown right. with a sewer project. Really not the time to be bringing a bunch of people to showcase our community. Sure. So uh, most of them will say, hey, you know what, next year is not a good year, but any year after that, we're all for it. Okay. Okay. So then, at that point, you take. I'm sure you've got a stack of these. How many? How many towns? Well, there's 950 towns in Iowa. Well, there's kind of a, a demarcation of about 1,500 would be okay. about the Mendoza line. If you wanted okay. to say what what is functional for Ragbri, what what kind of infrastructure do they have? Okay. What type of personnel do they have in the city management, etc.? So I'd say about 1,500. Now there's towns that have been smaller. Lansing was 999 people, sure, a little bit sure. smaller. Leon, Leon was right. 1,999. So I mean, well, that's over 1,500. But still, we've been in some towns like Bedford and Cibula that are that have been under that that line. But usually about 1,500 will give you enough infrastructure. Uh, mm-hmm. If they have a fairgrounds, they've got a school, et cetera. So we, tr- we try to you know approach them. If you've ever hosted RAGBRAI before or if you're over that 1,500, you'll get a packet from us saying, hey, do you want to host in the future? Mm-hmm. And all they have to do is send it back with a check mark that says yes, and they're put in a stack that says, let's be considered. Sure. That stack's probably close to 200. Oh, cool. So it's a it's a good stack. Okay. Um, we give them a grace period. If they've hosted within, oh, about four or five years, They, you really don't want to go back too quickly. Right. So, but there are towns that say we'll host each and every year. <laughs> so uh, I think there was one year that there was a two-year turnaround gap. Um, I, I think it was Bellevue. I, I Don't quote me on this, but I think they hosted in, say, Oh, I don't know, like 1996, and they turned around in 1998 and rehosted again. So, right. so there, there there is some precedent out there that it doesn't have to be five years, and there's been some pretty good gaps. Like we hadn't been back to Lansing in 40 plus years. So, sure. so um, you know, everything's on the table right now as mm-hmm. far as who could host for two, 2018. And you have some limits. I mean, there's only so many places right on the river on the west coast, and so many places on the east coast. We're always going to run west-east. Yeah. Um, you know, the, they say the prevailing winds, but I think it's probably more the setting sun and that safety factor at the end of the day probably makes more sense. Um, so it's always going to be west-east. There's not going to be any change there. Um, so you start to line up where you're going to start and, and where you finish. Is that how you start, or do you start mm. anywhere in the middle? It's a combination. I mean, I think you're you hit the nail on the head, though. I mean, we're we're always going to end on the east. I mean, there there is only one Mississippi River. Mm-hmm. I mean, so let's let's just understand that that is our natural border, and mm-hmm. no matter where you end in in the eastern side of our state, you're going to hit the Mississippi River. Can't say that about the western side, right? Because it's not dogma. Because the Missouri River doesn't run past Sioux City, right? Yeah. Yeah. If you if you take out a map, you'll understand that somewhere along the way it, it, it took a dog leg left and and went into the Dakota somewhere. Sure, which is fine. But um, you know, Mississippi River is obviously the Grand River of the United States, and th- it's pretty important that we end there. Right. Um, the sun definitely a huge factor. Mm-hmm. I mean, especially when you're tired, fatigued, yeah. etc. Uh, all those things, it's good to have that sun at your back. Um, but then, you know, trying to figure it out. Sometimes there's a, a town that, man, we really want to get to that town. And it could be a Tuesday. It could be a Wednesday town. But that town is just ripe. 
And if we have, it's kind of like a giant jigsaw puzzle. Can we put, you know, four or five and then all of a sudden six, seven, eight towns together? Mm-hmm. Sometimes we have six or seven of them and there's, mm, you know, one or two that we're not really sure about. So right. we kind of want to get a little feel for those towns, you know, would town A be better than town B? And that's where the difference can be if those towns step up and say, hey, we really want to host this year. Okay, so you get it laid out on paper, and then it's time to get in the car and go see what it looks like on the road? Well, a lot of it you could do virtually to start. Sure. You know, you've got so many great mapping programs, you know, the uh, Ride with GPS, Map My Rides, all those types of things. I mean, we've got some super-duper programs that Rich Ketchum developed over mm-hmm. time. So we can kind of get a feel, you know, is it a 60-mile day? Is it a 70-mile day? Is it an 80-mile day? Is it within reason? Mm-hmm. Is it 5,000 feet of climb? Is it 1,000 feet of climb? You can kind of get a sense before you even go out and drive it, will it fit inside our parameters? Right. You can also look, I mean, the the state has got some amazing software on there. Can you look at it and say, well, that's got 6,000 cars a day. That's too many cars. Mm-hmm. We don't, we want to avoid that road. So a lot before we even go take a look at, we try to do our homework and say, okay, this is an acceptable route on paper. Sure. Now let's go take a look at it via car. Okay. And if it works out via car, then that's something that we, we're going to consider. Okay. Get all our ducks in a row. Is the town up for it? Uh, is the county up for it? All those types of questions are pretty important. And the towns that are really gung-ho for it will have support letters from, obviously, their chamber, their probably their police chief, their superintendent, probably the county sheriff, et cetera. So when, when all those ducks are in a row, we can take a look at that packet and say, you know what, that town would be a great Tuesday town. Mm-hmm. Do we have a Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday to complement that? Right. So... And then at some point, you get the state troopers out there, too, don't you? Yeah. And make them leave the guns at home. Is that still a rule? Uh, yeah, we bring them along. <laughs> so after we think we have a pretty good route, we want to get a pair of professional eyes on this. I okay. mean, we're, we're just event directors. We don't, you know, we don't look at it with um, cop eyes, I guess is the, sure. um, the, the terminology. So if we're crossing, say, Highway 61, Mm-hmm. Is it, you know, two lanes of traffic each way on a nice curve and, you know, we're not going underneath it. You know, right. things like that, you know, they're going to look at that and say, well, that's, that's six law enforcement officers sure. just to get you across that busy intersection. Could be dangerous for motorists, dangerous for cyclists. We have a pretty good idea of what that's all about. But when they take a look at it, you know, they're looking at it with those law enforcement eyes and saying, hey, you know what? This might not be the best one. Right, right. I do remember we were looking at a road one time in, um, I think it was like Backbone State Park, and it was just a just a nice little downhill. And I'm like saying, wow, this is going to be fun. And uh, I think the state trooper at the time said, there will be some serious serious fallout if you take this road. Sure. And it was kind of like, whoops, okay, let's, let's get a different road. Sure. And, uh, you know, it's just something like that when they say, you know what? We've been around this ride enough times. Right. We can see the writing on the wall. You might want to readjust that. Right. So then after all this inspection, the, yeah, I'm sure the DOT, take a peek with them and yep. just make sure there's no bridges out, things like that. Then we announce this route, right? That's the idea. Yeah. Um, we've come down to it pretty pretty close where we're, we're scrambling just to make sure. What we're going to do is sure. on January 27th at the Ragbury Rat Announcement Party held in Des Moines right. on January 27th. Tickets are available. I'm sure Mark will fill you <laughs> in on that. 
we're going to announce the eight overnight towns right and exactly how we get in between those towns i mean we still got to work out those details but the eight overnight towns from from pretty much river to river we're going to announce that night and just just so everybody knows I don't know the route, right? You can verify this? Yep, exactly. There, there, there's not many people that know the route. There's so. a good reason I don't know the route, so stop asking yeah. me. <laughs> you know, we we throw this party, we, we write the check for the for the event, but, you know, at the end of the day, I don't want to know. Yeah. You know, it's it's My wife asks me, me all the time. She's like, <laughs> you know how many times I, I get asked? you got to know the route and she's like it's a good thing you don't tell me because you know right. and i used to joke that you know if i if i told her fort dodge she doesn't know the difference between fort dodge and fort lauderdale and <laughs> you know it's it, it's fine she under you know she knows most of iowa by now but right. but um no it, the the way we kind of look at it is the less people that know the better and um it's kind of like loose lips sink ships and mm-hmm. you know if you you tell one person too many Right, the word's going to get out. And then the week after the round announcement party, or a week or two, you're you're in those towns, aren't you? Oh yeah, we start working with the towns immediately. Right, and they've got they've got a major task at hand. Mm-hmm. They've got pretty much six months to prepare for probably the largest event they'll ever host within mm-hmm. their city limits. Cool. So we got to get them ready for it. And and then you're on that route. What every two weeks? Yeah, pretty much. We're on one side of the state one week, and then we flip it over and go to the other wow. end of the state. So we're we're in touch with those people every other week, sitting down, meeting with them, developing those committees to get ready to to entertain, to camp, to food, to you know uh, partake in beverages, whatever that may be. Right, and then there's a small group of people that inspect that route. I've uh, heard that. You've heard that. I've I don't know who those people are, and I don't know. You know how you get involved in that, which is fine, but uh, you got to look at it by bike too. Truly, the best way to take a look at a bike route is is on the seat of a sure. bicycle. Sure, and then you'll know. You know when they say, "Okay, it's two thousand feet of climb," mm-hmm. but there's one just monster hill that's right in the middle. You'll know that. Well, that's a seventeen percent grade. That right. is gonna. That's really gonna put a hurt on people. Right. Um, so we want to know those things firsthand. So when someone comes up to me, do you know how how hard that <laughs> ride was? Well, yes, I, I do because I rode it myself. Right. Right. And uh, I would say anyone taking a look at us, they're going to say, you know, we're not the this felt racer type. So I think we can say. Um, if we can accomplish it, the, the average cyclist can do that. Sure, sure. Cool. Yeah. Well, no matter what, I can guarantee you this. I can't tell you where the route's going or anything like that, but it's going to be a fun route. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're going to we're going to go from the west side to the east side. It's going to take seven days. You're going to have the best seven days of your life. So don't <laughs> worry about where we're going or anything like that. Registration opens up at ragbrad.com on November 15th. January 27th, you'll know where your summer vacation is. Cool. And if you want to go to the route announcement party, uh, iowabicyclecoalition.org slash route announcement. You can pick up tickets there. Um, I believe November 1st we start selling tickets for that event. And, uh, yeah, we're ready to go and ready to have a good time for that. Cool. Yeah. Well, I know we got a parrot talk coming up. So Andrew Parrot kind of discusses a few things about bicycling. All right. I figured it should be talking about bicycling. Go figure. All so, right, let's do it. This is Andrea, and this is Parrot Talk. I'm kind of
kind of a sad parrot today because there's been a lot of negative stuff in the news lately. Um, the Las Vegas shootings, which happened exactly where we were just about a week ago for Interbike. Um, and the death of Tom Petty and all these hurricanes and a lot of crappy stuff going on in the world right now. So I thought today, not to make light of the awful things that have been happening, um, but I thought today that I would focus on some positive things to remind us that while awful things may be happening in our world, that there's still some good things going on and, um, you know, it's nice to remember those things too. So I was reading an article on BBC Online, and in fact, I got most of my information for this Parrot Talk from BBC Online. And if you Google the main topic points, you're going to be able to find this article pretty easily. But anyway, so I was reading this article about the festival Burning Man. And if you don't know what Burning Man is, it's a giant music festival that happens in Nevada in the middle of the desert. And basically, if you attend that festival, you bring literally everything that you need for the nine days that you're going to be spending out in the desert. Food, water, transportation, and if you need electricity, you got to bring your own solar panel, blah, blah, blah. Like, you're supposed to be roughing it, but, like, a lot of rich people go out there and bring their RVs with, like, basically all the modern amenities of life. So it's only roughing it with, like, air quotes around it. Um, I don't know if my air quotes came through, so that's why I had to explicitly say it. But anyway, so about 70,000 people go to this event, which is a lot of people who go out to the desert. Um, and the main mode of transportation is bicycles. And like many modern music festivals, um, it's almost as much of a fashion festival as it is a music festival. So not only are the people decked out in their crazy costumes, but they're like, their bicycles are also covered in fur or LED lights or any adornments that make it cool to match with your outfit, um, which is kind of fun because, like, it's like rag bright taken to a whole nother level. Um, but once the people left the festival, the organizers of the festival came and were cleaning up and they found about 5,000 bicycles just abandoned in the desert. Those poor bicycles just left all alone to be sitting in the dirt and sad, and most of them completely functioning while fuzzy and lit up brightly, um, still completely functional, um, and they were wondering what to do with all these bicycles. So a couple different people got together. Um, they allowed the public to come and pick up bicycles um, because they didn't want to pay to like get a dumpster to get rid of them if they didn't have to. Plus, it'd be really wasteful. So they put out a call to the public to come and get some bicycles if you want them. So a couple different people decided to take these bicycles, clean them up, and send them out to disaster relief. So about the first on the first load, um, they're taking about 100 bikes down to Houston and um, a similar number of bikes down to um, the Caribbean. Um, but they have to clean them up. They have more bikes than that, but that's about as many bikes as they could take on a big truckload. Obviously, to the Caribbean, they're going to have to be taking them on like a steamliner or like, you know, in a shipping crate or something so maybe they'll take more in a load there but they're cleaning them up they're putting grease on the chains and they're sending them down to um texas and the caribbean which is really awesome you know if you think about it um these people who have been affected by the hurricanes their cars probably are trashed their homes trashed they have literally nothing uh no way to get around how are they going to get to work um, and a bicycle can be really helpful just to get plain old, just to get groceries, just to go to the doctor, 
just to make sure that you can start earning money again and go to work. So um, the specifically the people that are um, sending bicycles to Houston um, have partnered with both their bike share program and also um, a new campaign called Keep Houston Rolling, which um, has people, about 500 people ready to take bikes. So obviously they're going to have to make more than one trip down from from Nevada down to Houston so that they can um, try to supply as many bikes as possible to these people who really need them. Now the people in the Caribbean, I think specifically in Turks and Caicos, is the one that is in this article. Um, you know, they need bikes even more because there's not as many public transportation options down there. Um, it just doesn't have the infrastructure that um, a U.S. city may have. Now, some places in the Caribbean have better better infrastructure, but it's my understanding that it's not great. So a bicycle, especially like a mountain bike that you would use out in the desert, would be the perfect thing to really turn your life around after everything has been destroyed. So I thought that was um, thought that was a really cool thing that they did to turn around what was um, a heaping pile of waste left by um, people who really should know better um, and turn it around to something positive for people who really, really could use a hand up or a leg up, um, whatever, um, in a bad situation. So anyway, that was my story for today. Um, something nice to think about. Um, thank goodness for people who actually thought to do this instead of just dumping them or selling them or leasing them out. Some people are leasing out the dumped bikes to people who are going to come back to Burning Man next year, which is cool. I mean, it's reusing the bikes, but um, to the people, rich people who can afford to go to, or I mean, relatively rich people who can afford to go to Burning Man, do they really need um, a leased bike? They could probably just pick up their own bike or bring a bike. Um, so anyway, I mean, no offense to anyone involved. I mean, I'm not trying to like put down people who are going to the festival. That's really awesome. I'm So I've heard. A really fun experience, um, but like, seriously, if the motto is leave no trace, don't dump your poor little bicycle in the desert. Um, maybe they should be leasing bicycles, you know, so that they don't dump it, so that it actually can be reused again. I guess moral of the story is don't dump your freaking bicycle, and if you are, dump it with one of these charities that will put it to good use, um, you know, give it new life. So I guess that's about it for today's Parrot Talk. Um, I hope you consider donating to Hurricane Relief and, um, you know, if you can't donate a bicycle, which I'm not, unless you have a way to get a bicycle down to the hurricane, maybe it's better just to give cash or send a donation of food or clothing. Um, but they're going to continue to need support down there in the hurricane hit areas because, you know, they have the original push of donations, but then the food gets used up or goes bad. Um, they use up all the blood in their blood bank. They're going to keep needing donations. So, you know, if you have a chance and if you feel comfortable doing it, I suggest that you give um, give what you can. So anyway, thanks for listening to Parrot Talk today. Um, if you have any questions about bicycles, um, you can get a hold of me at Just Go Bike on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Or if you'd like to send us an email, you can email us at podcast at gmail.com. So it was great talking to you today. Hopefully we'll have some more positivity in the news for next week. Um, I'll talk to you then. This show is brought to you 
by Think I Was City, uh, by Bikes to You and Grinnell, and by Primalware. We couldn't do it without those sponsors. It's really important, uh, and we appreciate them uh, being part of this. So thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. Uh, you can catch the Just Go Bike podcast at your favorite podcast purveyor, so iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher. Um, but also look us up on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Just Go Bike. So, any words of wisdom you want to leave us with this week? Well, you know, this is 36 down, okay. and we're just, just chugging away. We've hit the fourth quarter of the year, if you will. We have I mean, our own 36 pack down. Yeah, yeah. what do you know? Uh, and I, I think we're going to, you know, we're going to change gears a little bit. I think we said we're going to bring on a new uh, person into the Peloton, if you will, right. or into the gang. Uh, I think Kev. Kathy Murphy is going to join us, and yeah. you've heard Murph a little bit on Parrot Talk, mm-hmm. so we might introduce Murph come come next week with maybe a segment of her own. Okay, sounds good. Sounds good. All right. So, again, you know, just the whole purpose of, of this show is just to get people motivated to get out and ride, and you know, the leaves are starting to turn uh, in the state. They've been they've been brown for a while. They're falling. Um, the roads are absolutely gorgeous, and you don't know how many more rides you're going to get in before that white stuff starts flying. So um, enjoy it while it's still brown, but, but when it becomes white, it's okay to ride too. So uh, just just get out and go bike. Thanks for listening. Be safe out there. Again for listening. Let us know what you think of the show by leaving a rating and a review. They really help us out a lot and help others find the show. For more information, check out justgobike.net. The show's theme song was written, produced, and performed by Ryan Steer.